Let's get into the word of God this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your incredible word that knows no bounds, that is ever powerful in our lives, and uh, it is always at work within us, Father. And so we thank you as we listen today, as we submit ourselves, God, just pour yourself into us, open up our ears to hear, open up the eyes of our hearts to see, let there be wisdom and understanding. Father, let there be breakthrough and uh, help us to grow, to be the people that you want us to be. Uh, and live the lives that you've called us to live with you living through us to reach people in our lives that you've placed us with. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And it says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. You know, we are about to go into DMS, and it's going to be an absolutely phenomenal time as we set ourselves apart to let the Word of God minister to us. And it's really amazing. All week, I don't know, there's just been this joy building on the inside of me. And I know it's not a natural joy. It's a joy that comes from walking with God, from knowing God, from loving God and being loved by God. And it, it, it's true when the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It makes you strong. It makes you feel like you just want to see a million people set free and delivered and changed and transformed by God. The joy of the Lord makes you feel so victorious and so courageous that you feel like you've got the faith for anything. And uh, that's how I felt all week. It's been building. It's been growing. So I want you guys to know that I'm entering into tomorrow morning. I'm ready. I'm ready with a spirit of faith. I'm ready with the joy of the Lord to, to, that is strengthening me. It's been at work in me. And uh, I want to see God do amazing things in everybody's lives. Um, we are going to see people ministered to, not just spiritually, but just like the scripture that we just read says, spirit, soul, and body. And uh, that's what we are about to see. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to watch God do incredible things in, in our lives and in your lives. I want you to know that I'm as much of a student as any of you. I've been teaching this and doing this and running this since 2004. We've seen literally thousands of people do DMS over the world. We've started churches through DMS, and uh, we will, that will continue to happen as well. It brings a revival in people, but you need to know that the Word of God is so powerful that it also does something in me every time I'm in that atmosphere. So the word that you're hearing is the word that I'm going to be speaking. And, you know, when you speak it out, you also hear it yourself, and something begins to happen on the inside. So there's going to be breakthrough on every level in every single one of us. It's going to be incredible. Last year, we made the decision that we would, uh, as most of you would know, we normally have Prophetic Sunday at the end of DMS. Has anyone noticed that we're not doing that this time? Uh, we're not doing it next Sunday because uh, we want to slow things down just a little bit. We want to build up the, the character in our lives and we want to see that, that balance that has to come into our lives. Sometimes we, we focus so much on the spiritual aspects and the spiritual gifts that God gives us that sometimes we're, we're left a bit out of balance and, and uh, we don't see the, the, the wholeness of a person being ministered to, spirit, soul and body. And so... Because DMS basically is about practical discipleship, can I just ask for a drink of water? I'm really sorry. Maybe it's dry in here. 
You know, sometimes we notice that a lot of times <clears throat> people can get so super spiritual about their faith, they forget to be functioning good human beings. Has any one of us seen that kind of thing happen before? And uh, we don't want to do that. We don't, we're not weird. We don't do weird. And uh, not that I ever think we've ever done weird, but more and more I see the importance now for God to really raise up a, a, a church, and I'm not just talking about our church, but the church worldwide, that is really super practical in how they approach their faith and how they live out their faith. Does that exclude the supernatural? Of course not. The supernatural is who we are. We are supernaturally born again by an incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God. We live supernaturally. We live, we're called to live an abundant life. We're called to live with the gifts of the Spirit flowing through us. And we will still be talking about all of that and teaching all of that in DMS. But the focus is going to be on other things that really take us a lot deeper and cause there to be such a strong balance in our lives. There's no point of us knowing how to prophesy accurately if we don't have the character that brings a, a great report amongst the people that we, we live amongst. Is that true? And so we want to make sure that we are well-rounded as Christians, that we are well-rounded as the people of God. Um, DMS is really just about normal people, that's us, we're pretty normal, engaging with supernatural things. We are going to have a supernatural experience this week. I can already guarantee you that. That is definitely going to happen. Because where the word of God is preached, the Holy Spirit turns up. And so he's going to turn up and he's going to do amazing things in all of our lives. So hopefully we come out the other end. Sorry. <clears throat> hopefully we come out of the other end of DMS with great character that is evident to all, that is evident to everyone around us. Character that is grounded in truth. And when we have a character, when we have character that is grounded in truth and people can see it, then when we begin to minister in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then when we have words of knowledge, then when we have prophetic words, it's so much more powerful and it's credible. It's interesting in Acts chapter three, uh, 6, verse 3, it says, Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who, whom we may put in charge of this task. Isn't it interesting that in that particular verse there, as this is a new church that's just beginning to, to grow, you know, the beginning of the, of, of the church, the early day church, the first thing that is mentioned isn't somebody that's full of the Spirit. The first thing that's mentioned is good reputation because that is actually the fruit of being filled with the Spirit. That should actually be the thing that is obvious to everyone. So, you know, it's interesting how that comes first and, uh, and it's the first quality to look for in a person uh, is, is somebody with a good reputation because that shows what manner of person they are. So we want to see that God wants to minister to us uh, spirit, soul and body. So in that scripture that I read at the beginning, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it shows God's intention, how he sees us whole. And uh, whereas we as human beings can sometimes compartmentalize and make spiritual life and spiritual gifts more magnified than other natural areas of our lives. And yet Paul prayed here that every area of our lives would be sanctified. Sanctified means set apart and uh, be ready for Jesus when he comes. So how does God do that? How does God sanctify our spirit, soul and body? How does he do that? What's his methodology? What's his, you know... What's his MO? 
Okay, well, Jesus, pretty clear in John 17, 17, this is how Jesus prayed. Sanctify them in the truth. So we want to know how does he sanctify us? Well, Jesus, as he's praying his high priestly prayer in John 17, he says, sanctify them in the truth. And then he goes on to say, your word is truth. So we know that he sanctifies us with the word of God. So the truth of the word of God has to impact us holistically, spirit, soul, and body. In other words, God's word will absolutely bring deliverance. There's one scripture I love. It's one of my favorite scriptures about the word of God. Jeremiah 23, 29, it says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? I think sometimes a lot of us have, well, I know I'll speak for myself, there are many rocks in my life. I won't say I've got rocks in my head, but I'm pretty sure there are rocks in my life that need to be smashed to pieces. And uh, it's only the Word of God that has ever done that for my life. And it's only the Word of God that I see truly brings deliverance and breakthrough in people's lives that I minister to. All right. The Word of God, we need to know, it actually has the power to do this. See, you're coming to DMS, or maybe you're not coming to DMS, but you're sitting in church Sunday after Sunday receiving the word of God, we need to understand that church is more than just our church culture. Church is more than us gathering together, having a powerful time of worship. Church is more than having great relationships and building fellowships. It is all of those things. And when you read in in, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, it shows you what it was like in the early church. It was a bit of absolutely everything. But church is where we come under the authority of the word of God. And we submit to the preaching of the Word of God. And we need to understand that the Word has power in it. Let's look at Hebrews 4 verse 12. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says this. For the Word of the Lord is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This has to be probably one of my favorite scriptures. This is the power that is in the word of God. When we sit here and we receive the word of God, we take it in, we listen to it. Or every time you or I read the word, every time we're driving along in the car and we're listening to to the preaching of of the word, or we're listening to our Bible, uh, you know, through our earphones. Either way, any way that you're receiving the word of God, we have to understand there is power in this word. So we see here it's living. It's actually alive. It's not a dead word. It's living. It has the power to breathe life into us and to breathe life in us. It is active. It's not dormant. It's not something that you just put in and file away for future historical reverence, uh, reference. Sorry, It's actually active. It has the power to activate things in your life and in my life. It is sharp. Ah! Sometimes it hurts. Who's felt that? I know I have many times. The word of God is sharp and it pierces. It says it pierces as far as the division of soul and spirit. It divides that area of our soul from our spirit. What is our soul? The soul is that seat of our personality. It's where our mind, our will and our emotions live. It's that part that makes you, you. It's the part that makes me, me. Our spirit is our spirit man where we commune with God. And when we love God and when we're born again, that spirit part of us is actually inhabited by the Holy Spirit. But sometimes, many times, most often, 
We need the word of God to come in very sharply, very concisely. In fact, for me, it's every single day of my life. I need the word to come in and cut through and separate and divide the areas that my soul thinks in, the, the things that my soul desires, the wants, the dreams, the desires, the, the, the fleshly, you know, humanistic things that, that I want, the big I. And it separates that from what the Spirit of God is saying to me in my spirit. So that's what the word does. It's alive. When we put it in, it's activated. But you and I have to put it in, okay? There's a role that we play in this, and we have to put that word in. But it's powerful. It'll come. It will pierce, and it will hurt. It never f- makes us feel good when it's, when it's piercing, when it's sharp. It actually doesn't make us feel good, but actually at the end of it, we do feel good because it brings freedom. It brings, it brings joy. And so it separates. It separates out the me part of me to be able to hear the God part of me that's inside of me. And then not only that, it says that it is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of my heart. I think that's incredible. In other words, when we are confused, when our minds are confused, when we're trying to understand what is right and what's wrong, and we all go through that, we will never stop going through that until the day we die. We all go through those experiences of wandering. We're on a journey with God, guys. We're learning to walk with the Lord. And we will always make mistakes. There's always potential to make mistakes. But the Holy Spirit comes in and he judges. He is, so, he is the, the fair judge. God is the right judge. He judges everything accurately. And so he comes in and he judges the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Not, that's not a harsh word. That's not to make us feel harshly judged. But he brings correction and speaks to us kindly. That's why the Bible says that there is an anointing within that teaches us. You'll hear me often refer to that scripture. There is an anointing within that actually teaches us. That's him in our spirit, speaking to us, showing us how to live accurately, how to live in a way that pleases God. And so that's what the word of God does to us. It is living, it's active, it's sharp, it's piercing. It divides, it separates and it judges the intentions. In other words, it shines a light on things. And I think that's a good thing. So therefore, the word of God has to work. It actually can't not work. It has to work. But it'll only work if we let it work. Uh, I'll just refer to Mark 4, if you want to go back and read that. But there's a powerful parable in there about the parable of the sower. And it's a parable that Jesus gives. It's a story that Jesus gives about a farmer sowing sowing seed and he begins to talk about what it looks like spiritually when this when the word of God is sown like seed into different hearts and the hearts are equivalent with the soil and the examples that he gives are the different types of soils and there are four different types of soils there's a stony heart there's the one that's filled with rocks there's the one that's filled with thorns and then and then there's good soil that that, that this particular seed falls on and we learn from that story and I won't go into it now but when you go back and read it you realize there's actually nothing wrong with the seed. It's all about the condition of the soil. And um, it, what that shows me is that four different people can listen to the same sermon. Four different people can listen to the same scriptures in the Bible and can all respond differently and hear different things because it all goes back to the soil of our hearts. But the word of God will work and it can work if we will let it work, if we surrender. And let the piercing, let the sharpness, 
Let the dividing come in and let it become living and let it become active in our hearts. I think sometimes we're afraid to let the word truly become active in us. And yet I know, and I speak from personal experience, when we let the word just come in and do its work, it is incredible. And so that's what we want to see. It is able. Acts 20, verse 32, another scripture, says this. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So we can see here that the word is more than able. The word of God is what we need. All right, let's go and look. Let's look. Um, at another scripture in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. Let's see what it says here. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Or another version says, which performs its work in those who believe. This is powerful. This shows you the actual power that is in the word. But the thing that really stands out to me in this particular scripture, it says, you accepted it not as the word of men, but what it actually is, the word of God. So my question to you this morning is, how are we hearing the word of God? How are you and I actually hearing the word of God? You know, when I go back to 40 years ago, and uh, this particular month, literally in April 1979, was when Brahma and I were born again. This is out. We're 40 years old, guys, as Christians, this month, right now. And uh, when I look back on what I was like back then, it just blows me away to see what God has done in my life. But, you know, I was living in Indonesia, and I know most of you know this story, living in Indonesia, living with Brahm, we weren't married, and uh, living in a very secular city in Jakarta. No Christians around me, no English-speaking Christians, no, no English-speaking people, basically. Um, only had everything other than a Christian lifestyle being lived out in front of me, and I participated in that as well. And yet, I had no church to go to. I didn't even think of going. It would never have occurred to me to go to church. And, uh, and yet I began to be hungry for the things of God. And you've, most of you have heard my story, so I won't repeat that now. But I bought a Bible. I, I searched Jakarta, which was not an easy thing to do in 1979, to buy an English Bible, and I found one. And I devoured the New Testament. I could not get enough of it. And when I read the Word of God, it was literally like Jesus speaking to me through the Bible. It wasn't some weird mystical voice, but it was clear words that were in a book. It was right there in black and white, in a book, right in front of me. And as I read it, it just became living and active within me. It wasn't a church that I heard the word of God through. I didn't hear the word of God from a pastor. I heard it from Jesus. The words literally became alive to me and they became alive in me. It was like I was drinking them in. I could not get enough about this person, Jesus. I wanted to know him. I wanted to understand everything that he said. I wanted to please him. I found myself falling in love with this person in the, in the book, in the, in the pages of the book, within the writing itself. Just the simplicity of the Gospels, that's all it was. 
And I found something in me just aching to know this man more and to please him and to be like him. I just wanted to live my life like that. I didn't feel condemned. I didn't feel bad for anything I was doing. All I wanted to do was to be like him. And I began to change. It was like I began to walk it out immediately. As soon as I read those words on the, on the paper, I began to walk it out. I just began to obey everything that I consumed. And it transformed me, not just in my spirit. Now remember, I didn't know what it meant to be born again. I'd never heard that phrase. I didn't even know that there was a Father, Son and Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know really how to pray. And I certainly didn't know how to pray out loud. And, um, and yet, you know what? It transformed me, spirit, soul, and body. I look back now and I realize that's when I was born again. I look back now and I realize that's when the soul area of my life began to change and my desires and my will began to change. And his will became my will. That's when even the physical expression of my lifestyle began to change, not because somebody was dictating to me, making me feel condemned and telling me I, the way I should live. No, it's because his desires began to come up in the, on the inside of me. And I can honestly say that here I am 40 years later, and the last part of that scripture that we read at the very beginning, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it says, Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Here I am 40 years later, and I can honestly say he has brought it to pass, and he will continue to bring it to pass till the day I die. I never knew 40 years ago that little 19-year-old woman who was living with her boyfriend and living the lifestyle that she wanted to live would become a pastor. I know most of you do not believe me, but I'm actually a shy person. And I'm not a public person. So Brahm said to me, he said, oh, you've always been opinionated. You always give your opinion. But he said, you always give your strong opinion, but you're not a public person. I was not a public person. I didn't like it. Here I am publicly every day of my life all over the place declaring my love for Jesus. Forty years ago, this was not who I was. But I can honestly say that he is faithful who calls you and he will bring to pass what it is that he has for your life and for my life. But it's only through the word of God. It's only through the word of God. So my question is, how did you hear the word of God? Did you hear it through the pages of the Bible? Did his words resound on the inside of you? I know I did with you, beautiful Alicia. You have a similar story to mine, I think a radical encounter with God. You fell in love with this person called Jesus. But I want to ask the question to everybody here. How did you hear the word? Did you hear it as the word of men? Because that's verse that we read before. It says you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God. And when it's the word of God, it actually is alive and at work within you. But if you heard it as the word of men, it won't be active, it won't be living, it won't be, it won't be breathing life into you, it won't be strengthening you. So I want to question us today, how did you hear the word of God? Did you hear it as the word of man? Are you sitting here today because you heard it, it was passed down from your parents, which is awesome. It has to be passed down from somewhere. But has it become your word? 
Has it become their word now translated into the word for you? Have you heard it on the inside of your heart? Is it a word that you heard from the church that you grew up in? Is it the word that you heard from your friendship group, from your teachers at school? Or have you received it as God literally speaking to you? Because when you and I hear it as God speaking to us, the potential is limitless. It transforms your very life. It takes your spirit, man. It transforms your soul. It sets you free in your body, in your addictions, and in everything that comes against you. When you hear it as the word of God, which it actually is, it is at work within you. It will perform its work. It can't not perform its work. It can't not be active and alive. It can't not pierce and separate. It can't not divide. It can't not convict and transform and grab a hold of your heart. The Word of God is living. But if we've just heard it historically, if we've just heard it as the Word of men, and we still sit back and we question and we go, I'm not so sure about that bit. I'm not, not so sure about that bit. Then it's never going to be living and active. And it's not about the opinions of man. Brahm and I always say, don't just take this as our opinion. We're the ones preaching up here at the pulpit. But God has called us all to be intelligent believers. Go to the word of God yourselves. Hold us accountable to the word of God. On everything. If you have a question... We welcome it. Come and talk to us about it. Come and ask us, what does the scripture really mean here? Why did you preach that? What do you actually mean by that? What does that look like being outworked? Because when you start to get excited about the word of God, I'm telling you, you don't need to have someone sitting with you pastorally for hours and hours on end. The word of God will begin to pass to you. When you have the word of God living and active on the inside of you, you're not going to always be dependent on the other person on the other end of the phone, even though we all need that. Don't hear what I'm not saying. We all need that. It's all part and parcel. But I I sort of feel that the church worldwide has 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 come so far over to this place where feelings are dominating everything that we do and we think and we we act on nowadays. And we bring that into our church experience and we start to say, well, I just don't feel like my pastors love me enough. Hey, 20 years later, we're still here. We love you guys. You don't go through the crap that senior pastors go through And are still here, still standing, still preaching the same thing because you believe in the power of the Word of God. But it's a word you need. You don't need Molly Coddling by Di. You don't need Diane to come and sit with you for three hours every day. You'd get so sick of me. I'd get sick of you. We'd kill each other. (laughs) Ask my children. No, don't ask my children. Do not ask my children. You and I need the Word of God. If we want to be strong disciples, that's the only thing. I'm not alive and active in your heart. Thank goodness for that, says Brahm. I'll talk to you later, Brahm. We'll deal with that in the car going home, Brahm. <laughs> See, we, we've... We've fallen for the lie. It's exactly what Dave said in communion. It's this whole self-focused lie. 
I've been reading this awesome book by Kevin Connor, who, who just recently passed away, and he was a mentor to Brahm and I for many, many years, and someone that we've, we've made ourselves accountable to for 35 years. And he's written a book, or he's written almost 70 books, but one of them is The Kingdom Cult of Self. If anyone can get a hold of that book, I would advise you and encourage you to look that one up and uh, see if you can buy that online. You should be able to. But he was addressing this very culture that we see exploding now. He was writing about this 20-odd years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the greatest delusion. And it makes us feel like we have to live out of a place of our emotions when really we just have to start obeying the Word of God. So how are we hearing the Word now? Is that a good question? Do we let it live in us? Is it active in us? Is it sharp in us? Is it piercing our hearts with truth? Is it still dividing our soulless human thoughts from what our spirit man would be hearing from God? Is it still able to bring conviction through judgment of our own heart's intentions? I think these are good questions. And these are good, these are good questions for me. Anything I preach to you, I have to preach to me first. Can I encourage us all? Let the word of God do its work. James 1, 21 to 25 says this. James 1, 21 to 25. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, I love that, but a doer of the word. Let's not be forgetful hearers. This one will be blessed in what he does. All right? So therefore, we have to be impacted holistically in everything that we do. Let's remember to take the mirror with us. Take the mirror of the word of God with us everywhere we go, in our hearts, in our minds, in our thinking. It has to affect us emotionally, where our emotions no longer dominate. There's no more high dependency on people. doesn't mean that we, can't, we have to be interdependent, interdependent. But our dependency is actually on God. I can't even be dependent on my husband, and neither should I. But we are dependent on God as a couple. We see people living by emotional needs. But our friends, our pastors, our spouses, etc., like I said before, aren't the ones that are living and that are active on the inside of us that are changing and transforming us. I think it's time for us to see God do a work in our hearts where we, the word of God begins to stabilise us even in that area. It's up to us as individuals to sow the word of God in, into the soil of our hearts and then obey it. So emotionally, it should impact us. Number two, it should impact us relationally. See, if it's going to be holistic, it's not just us getting up prophesying and ministering in the gifts of the Spirit. And this is why last year we made the call, we're not going to do Prophetic Sunday at the end of DMS again. Not until we walk with people from a mentorship point of view and really see the grounding of the Word of God in their lives. It has to impact us relationally. It has to impact our friendships the Word of God will always make us stronger friends. It will absolutely impact our marriages. You know, Brahm and I, from the day we got married, we said divorce will never be a word that comes out of our mouths. 
We will never threaten each other with the word divorce. Why? Because the word of God actually has authority over our lives and it supersedes our emotions and our desires. So when he and I, usually he would argue with me, um, and I'd say, okay, Brown, whatever. Yeah, I'm the calm adult here. No, that's so not true, as you all know. You know, every time, and every marriage has that. Come on, guys, we're real, we're normal, we're human beings. But when you have the word of God as the authority, And it gives you the standard and says, this is a standard. And remember, I'd read through my Bible twice. I thought I knew everything in 1979. I already knew I didn't need to get a divorce. I I shouldn't get a divorce if I got married. So therefore, divorce has never been an option. We've never used that word to threaten each other with. Did we want to? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to be really careful what I say now. No, pretty sure we wanted to. Because your emotions in marriage and and you're both, some people go, oh, we've never fought. Well, you know what we have, okay? So, (laughs) okay? Oh, we've never raised our voices at each other. Well, we have, okay? Are we the only couple that have raised their voices at each other? Joel and Ella, have you argued? Do you, do you, can we have a bit of a counselling session here? Yeah, okay. Um, you never get emotional. Oh, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But you see, when you walk and you're surrendered and submitted to truth, that becomes your defining goal. That becomes your measuring stick. You do not, both of us know that we can't cross those kind of lines. Why? Because the word of God is paramount in our lives. Now imagine if I said to him, Bram, I feel like I'm getting a prophetic word. The Holy Spirit is telling me I need to divorce you. Okay? Now, that's garbage. Why would anyone get a, a spiritual word about doing something that is actually against the word of God? So can you see the Holy Spirit never tells us to do something that goes against the truth of his word. And that's why emotionally we we get played by the enemy. We use the name of the Holy Spirit when really it's just our own desires. We abuse the the very precious, sacred voice of the Holy Spirit. And we say, oh, the Holy Spirit's told me this, the Holy Spirit's told me that. But then we cross lines that actually abuse the very principles that Jesus lays out when it comes to relational issues. So that's why you can't trust your feelings, guys. None of us can trust our emotions and we cannot trust our feelings. And we certainly can't go and use the voice of God as a, as a backup tool to enforce our wants. Yeah. All right? That's called flesh. It's called bordering on something that's not right. It's actually bordering on witchcraft because the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And you know what rebellion is? It's just illegitimate authority. And when we use another authority to back up what we want to do, that's rebellion. And so we can't use this whole thing of the voice of the Holy Spirit to back up and push an emotional need in us. So in marriage, I can't back my emotional needs up by saying, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and we're going to get a divorce and da-da-da-da-da-da and I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me that it's okay to divorce you. Will you show me that in black and white in your Bible and then we'll, we'll be able to talk? Because that's not what the Word of God says. So do you understand what I'm saying? The Word, you see, it will build a crop in us. It will deliver us. It will bring breakthrough. It will transform us. 
But what is the soil of our hearts that it's going into? What is the soil that it's going into? Is it going into soil that is just saying, God, do anything in me. Transform me, convict me, let the mirror be in my face. All, everywhere I go, I don't, want to be, I don't want to walk away from the mirror of the word and forget what you've just told me. Is that the kind of way we're hearing? So the question is, how are you and I hearing it today? Is it find, finding pure ground? The Bible says the pure of heart will see God. Is it finding pure, rich soil? Or is it finding a fence? Is it finding thorns? Is it finding rocks? Or is it just flat out finding hard ground? And it's just sitting there like a book on your bedside table. And it's never actually going into our hearts. See, this is where we have to really, really challenge ourselves if we want to be strong disciples of Christ. The Word of God is powerful. And another area it should affect us in, remember it's holistic, is financially. I love, I was actually listening to Carvin's sermon just the other day and he said this, I thought, oh wow, he's saying exactly what I wanted to preach on. How Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19 was impacted as a whole for his whole life. When he met with Jesus, he was a chief, gather, a chief tax gatherer in Jericho. When he saw Jesus, he was so hungry to know Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And Zacchaeus received Jesus gladly. In other words, his, the soil of his heart was so pure. He saw God. He saw the kindness of God. And see, when you see the kindness of God, it's like conviction instantly is there. It's like, oh, I'm such a sinner. You know what is responsible straight away? I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of everything, I will give back four times as much. See, this is what happens when the word of God impacts us. Spirit, soul, and body, it's every area of our lives. We become men and women of good reputation, like Acts chapter 6 says. Everything we put out, it doesn't mean we don't make mistakes, like Zacchaeus lived a sinful life. I lived a sinful life before I met the Lord, and then, of course, it's a journey. But every time you submit and surrender to the seed of the Word of God, it comes alive. It's active. Something starts to trigger in your life. It's powerful. So, who's ready? Who's ready to put more of the Word in? You know, we, wanna, we train our pastors who, who counsel people, look after people. We say, come on. You, you stay with people, you counsel them, you, you pastor them and you sit with them and you go through the hard times. But you also have to give them seed. You have to give them the only thing that will actually bring them freedom, which is the word of God. And if they refuse the seed, then there's nothing else you can give them. Your kindness, your love, you can always give that, but that is not the thing that will grow them. Can I encourage everyone in our church to start to be self-feeders, to start putting the word of God in so God has got something awesome to work with. So when you do need to sit with one of our pastors, when you do need to sit with one of our leaders and get counsel, the word of God is already living and active. You know what blesses me so much? When I sit with someone and I start to talk to them and, you know, we, we will always spend so much time and to make the effort to bring people to breakthrough. 
But what blesses me so much is when I'm talking with someone and all of a sudden scripture just starts to come out of their mouth. And they begin to say the word of God. They begin to quote the word of God to me and say, yeah, actually God's been speaking to me out of this. See, then I know, okay, they're on their way out. They're being strengthened because they've got the real thing in them, the only thing that will actually deliver them. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up now and we're going to close. Let's all make a decision to have character that is really shaped by the word of God. So when we do minister, when we do preach, when we do get words of knowledge, when we do prophesy, there's credibility in everything that we do. And we bring glory to God's name in everything. I want to put a challenge out there. How about you either read through the Gospels this week, do what I did 40 years ago, open up the New Testament, start reading, just just go back to being simple. Don't read the Word because you're trying to understand the, the fifth star of this and the, the new thing of the book of Revelations and what the beast is. Don't try and seek, you know, more under... Just read about Jesus. Just go back and say, all right, Jesus, I want you to speak to me again. Show me how to live again. Husbands and wives, I want to encourage you. Read something together this week and then discuss it with each other. Just do that. Brahma and I do this pretty much every day of our lives. We just preach at each, no, to each other. For Encourage one another in the Word of God. <laughs> we love, we love talking about the Word. That's all we do. On holidays, on our anniversaries, the thing that brings us the greatest joy is looking at each other and just talking about how much we love Jesus. See, He's number one in our marriage. We're, we're a partnership in the pursuit of God, Brahma and I. And I want all of you to think of a problem that you're facing. And every single one of us has a problem that we're facing. Find out what Jesus says about it. Then do it. Obey it. Actually activate it. Act on it. And then go and share with someone your breakthrough. All right, let's become doers of the Word of God. Let's all stand. Father, we just want to declare our love for you. Our desire is to just bring glory to you, Father, in our lives, in our, in our relationships, at our workplaces, Lord, in our, in our families, with our siblings, with our parents, in our marriages, in every relationship that we have, Lord. Our desire is to bring glory to you. So, Father, we ask you today, Lord, Whatever issue that we're facing, whatever problems that we have, Lord, show us this week the Word of God that becomes the ointment, that becomes the medicine for our problem this week, Lord. And let the Word of God become living and active in our lives. I want everyone just to pray right now, just, just between you and God, and just ask Him. I want you to bring your specific thing before God and ask Him to speak to you this Word from the Bible. Just begin to ask the Lord. Jesus.
Remember, the Word of God is living and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces and it separates and it judges the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. The Word of God is ready for you and me and we're ready for the Word of God. Let's just lift our hands before God. We're going to pray right now. Father, we thank you, Lord. In fact, Brian, why don't you come up, babe? I like you now. I've decided after all your insults that I like you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for just the power of the Word of God being declared. And Lord, we open our hearts, Lord. We want to be a good soil, Lord. That the Word of God, the seed, this incorruptible seed, will Lord, we produce fruit, Father, 60-fold, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-folds in our lives. Bless your people, Father. Yes, Lord. Bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.